Hi, everyone. I'm so happy for you to be back. Welcome back to another episode of The Shadow Work. You know, I am so excited when I have a guest. And today I am absolutely in love with this woman who is here. Um, we have a really good friend of mine. So please introduce yourself. Let everyone know what's your name, what you do, and where you are from. Hi. So my name is Angelica. I currently reside in Canada, but I'm originally from Queens, New York. Um, I do a lot without an official title, if that makes any sense. So I like to consider myself a domestic engineer. I'm a mom. <laughs> I'm a wife. Right? Um, I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I'm a daughter. Uh, I have four little people, five and under, as young as one, uh, with a set of twins that are going to be three this coming month. And um, I'm currently in school and full-time, a lot of things, just full-time momming, full-time mental health advocate, full-time participant of my faith community. So just a lot of hats without an official title. That is, and I love how you said domestic engineer. That is <laughs> very creative. <laughs> so knowing you and... Um, everything that's going on. I just know like growing up you had to, or not, well, you, you followed a lot of rules, like mm. you did all the things. And that was the very beginning of our conversation when we started talking about this, that you were always doing what you were taught to do. So tell me what your life was like in that sequence. So I think personality wise, I, I really do well when I'm in a supportive role, when somebody mm -hmm. gives me instruction and I'm able to kind of complete the task based on what is needed of me. And, but what ended up happening was that that kind of came from the way I was raised in, in a home where, you know, respect was really important and obedience was very important. And, and yes, they are. But um, the idea of your own autonomy was a little bit slacking and, um, or lacking to better use the word. But um, growing up, I was always, I remember my cousins telling me, like, you're always the girl that follows the rules. You're always mm -hmm. the girl that, you know, needs to make sure her mom is okay with everything you're doing. Um, you never kind of made anybody uncomfortable. You were always, I was the typical textbook definition of a people pleaser. Yeah. Because it, it was, it, I felt it was what kept me safe and it was kind of, you know, the right thing to do. So I was the churchgoer since a very young age. Um who, you know, like, oh my gosh, she goes to church. Oh my gosh, she's not sleeping around. Oh my gosh, she's at home all the time. Like, like there was so no rebel stage, was there? Like there was no rebel yeah. stage. Yeah. Wow. The thing is, I feel like um, what ends up happening in those circumstances is the things that you do as a rebel or rebelliously are very hidden. Yeah. And they're very like behind the scenes. And I feel like my rebel stage is more now as an adult. <laughs> 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 um, within the, the confines of what my vocation is, right? But um, I really think that when, you know, whenever you're a curiosity peaks, like mm -hmm. you go for it, whether or not it's good or bad and you hide it and you learn to hide it really well. And I became that. I became the girl who kind of knew how to hit it and who knew what to say and who knew how she had to talk to get away from it, right. to get away from kind of the attention or the possible you know, getting figured out. Now, my question is, so saying all of that, now I, you were, you are, you were, I've met you through a church ministry. 
And um, having met you, and I just knowing you have such a wide and large personality, (laughs) (laughs) knowing just, and even though you were your church goer, you didn't have like that rebel stage, you um, did everything following the rules by the book. And it's so funny because still just meeting you, you have that like amazing, energetic personality. And now you are living in Canada where the people are on the opposite spectrum of the entire New York state of mind. So (laughs) (laughs) there was like, so, and just remember you remembering that you, you shared your story a lot. And I always was, I was always fascinated because there was a lot of mis mixed mismatched energy for you, but also moments of whether you should show up or sit down, um, how did you navigate that? Because um, not just how did you navigate that, but what was it like feeling like an outsider and how did you overcome that? Because you stayed true to showing up, but I know in the middle somewhere at some point you struggled with whether you should or shouldn't. And that's, that's interesting to me. Um, So I think it all started (laughs) when I was hospitalized after a suicide attempt Mm -hmm. and I got um, officially diagnosed with a mental health disorder. Mm-hmm. And then it started, I started to have to learn about myself all over again. Yeah. And so now um, I thought it was like, well, I thought maybe it's a cultural thing. Like I feel really big. I'm, I'm very, I react incredibly big to the smallest things. I celebrate nonsensically. It like, so um, after learning more about, okay, I have these really big, um, extroverted qualities when I'm around people, Mm -hmm. but also the reality is when I am by myself and I'm in a depressive state, it gets really, really low. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it takes being around people to kind of be open. And I struggled with, okay, so if this is how I am, and I'm learning a little bit more about what it means to be somebody with a mental health disorder, with a huge personality who has ADHD now. And, um, where do I fit? Yeah. And, and I remember, um, I was asking the women of my community for prayer before actually getting on this talk. And I remember sitting in one of our groups and I was like, you know what I really struggle with? I struggle with kind of always being so bombastic all the time, like being just so loud and so big and so much. And a friend of mine said it beautifully. She's like, it adds flavor to, whatever is so basic and whatever is sometimes a little bland. And, um, this journey has become, it's, it's not removing those qualities of myself or it's not hiding them. It's about embracing them because they're here to stay and they were done intentionally and God did that purposely. Um, and it's all part of a plan that I, I, I can't tell you about cause I have no idea, but one day, um, it'll be explained to me. And, and the reality is, um, Yes, I take up space physically, emotionally, (laughs) psychologically, spiritually. I take up a lot of space. But what I also know is that um, my capability of loving also takes up a lot of space. And in a world Mm -hmm. that needs that right now, if anything, I'm kind of a really good fit. Yes, you are. You absolutely are. I love it. And it's funny, I, you, you were saying like your personality and imagine a coloring book with no color in it. Like how bland would that be? So you definitely do take up space, but it's the amazing kind of space that I love that resonates with me. And you know, your people always find a way of finding you. So it's just yeah, like you always yeah. gravitate towards the right person. Yeah. And yeah. 
go for it. No, I, it's, it was actually really hard not taking it personal when people mm. couldn't gravitate towards you. And yeah. because it, it's something, it's a hit or miss. You either really like me or you're really, or you're going to think I'm incredibly obnoxious. Yeah. And, and that's fine. Yeah. Like that, that's the thing. It's fine right. because you know, different colors for different folks and that's cool. Um, but it was really hard to kind of coming from that place of wanting to make everybody happy mm-hmm. to all of a sudden getting to a place where, Oh, guess what? Not everybody's going to like this. Right. Not everybody's going to be okay with this. Um, and, and you have to respect that. And like that's, 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 that's a that's huge so thing. Tough because growing up, you, I feel like growing up, a lot of us want to be liked. So we, we're mm-hmm. always in this people pleasing mode and we don't mm-hmm. realize it. And some people shake it and some, and for some of us, it sticks to us. So even mm-hmm. as an adult, it's like, it starts that realization that it hits you that not everybody's going to like you. And, um, something else that like, I'm, you know, that came to mind is like, as a mom with four children, I know motherhood is a tough hood. My hat goes (laughs) off to you. I, your crown is amazing. And just you asking, I'm not asking, but talking about like, um, ADHD and the, you know, being diagnosed previous recently, um, or previously your journey has different tools. So here you are in Canada, a place where you had to navigate a, a completely out of New York because New York is different. You can find your crazy kind of friends everywhere, <laughs> but mm-hmm. then being in Canada where it's completely different people, just more calm or just more, di- just very different. And, um, so, and then being a mom and not just being a mom, mom, wife, and your journey has many different tools. What was it like to navigate motherhood in a different country, um, as a wife completely, you know, and then you're separate, you're separate from all of your family and your support, but especially for all the constant changes happening at home, because life is always changing and evolving. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm a perpetual nomad. Um, (laughs) Uh, I cried a lot. That's one way. Yeah. I, it was, yeah. it was, um, you're, so this tight knit community that you're supposed to have when you're married and when you have children, that was not existential for us until we kind of came to this specific province and we moved into this specific area. Um, but it was a really huge growing curve for both my husband and I, right. he was never around anyone with mental health illnesses in his lifetime. Um, that he was aware of and that he had to kind of deal with on a daily basis. Um, and then he, uh, it really took some time and some trial and error mm-hmm. to kind of figure out how, you know, how to support me and even how to support him. Right. And he was having a conversation with somebody maybe like a day or two ago. And he's like, you know, if we, he was telling this couple, he was like, if we are better as we, as the husbands and men, in the family are better able to hold our composure because our wives have mental health illnesses and they are more emotional and easily triggered than it is our responsibility to do so. And I never thought I would hear that from him. Um, and it was, and it's so inspiring to, to kind of know because our children are aware that something is up. Their mom is sick. Their mom sometimes can't get out of bed or Mm -hmm. their mom is sometimes stuck to the couch on her phone and she's just out, out of it. And it's, they're not, and they're not justifiable. It's not justifiable behavior. It's not justifiable to kind of zone out and disassociate and 
but it's the reality um, of what you're dealing but with. But it is. Yeah. It is. It is the reality of what life becomes, unfortunately. And um, what they, what helps is that my husband can also be equipped with the tools to better explain to them that, listen, you know what? Mommy's brain sometimes works differently than ours, and she needs a little bit more space, and she needs a little bit more grace in these areas. Um, but there's never a time where mom doesn't love you. And whenever... I am at my best and, and fighting for myself and my sanity every single day. Mm-hmm. I make sure to smother them in the way that I know how so that they always know that their mom has their back and that their mom loves them. And that, you know, um, even in days where my depression is kicking my butt, I will fight for my children mm-hmm. and I will be there for them in the best way that I can. And um, it's important to every day strive a little harder and, and to just move a little bit more to, to, to really kind of get through the day because it's not a, the whole thing is, Oh, let's take it day by day. And sometimes for people like myself, it's more like moment by moment. Right. right. And in some moments I can, and in some moments I can't. And luckily I have an amazing community of believers that are in my corner. And I've had moments where I was taken to the emergency room and my friends showed up and stayed at my house and watched my kids all night while I was in a hospital getting treated for severe anxiety. Like that's, that is how you navigate it by establishing your community, establishing your clan, your tribe. Um, and vulnerability exists in asking for help. Right. And as difficult as it is to try to explain what you need and what you want, there's healing there and there's relief and there's support there. And people are willing to help. People are willing to, to kind of help you move mountains. Um, and if you, you just explain that. how, right. I love that you say that because, um, I feel like you, you just, you hit the nail on the head with the vulnerability and giving people the, the chance and the permission and the opportunity to help because they will help. And we don't have yeah. to do everything alone as much as we feel lonely in situations because, or we feel just so, um, like this is our problem, my own issue, my own problem. But other people right. are just very willing to step in and help you navigate right. that. So everything does right. not have to be done alone. And Yeah, and in the most basic way too, like I sometimes can't write emails to certain people because I'm terrified and I have to call on like my rational friends to help me walk through it. Yeah. Like even in the most simplest things. So, Wow. Thank you so much for that. And Ooh, I love that. And I, I love that you have such a great support system. I love that you are sharing and being so open. And right now, what we're going to do is lighten this up just a little bit. <laughs> so what I do as a tradition is a bonus question from the deck. We're not really strangers. Um, okay. And it's a game by Willow Smith. And she was inspired by her mother on the show Red Table Talk. So I'm I going love to, that. It is such a great show for one. So I have a card, and maybe this won't lighten the load because it's a very <laughs> random pick. But it says, "Have you changed your mind about anything recently?" Oh my gosh! Like <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's more like when don't I? Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was going to wear a nude lip this morning, but I decided to go with pink instead. (laughs) It was Um, absolutely amazing on you. 
Thanks. Yeah, I change my mind constantly and it bites me in the butt all the time. Um, that's also part of growing up and being secure in your decisions. Because sometimes, man, like, I couldn't go shopping without yeah. calling my mom and seeing if, like, she approved of what I had on. Like, it was ridiculous. But, yeah, I change my mind often. But it's it's okay because it's a learning curve. <laughs> right. And it happens to all of us. We always change our minds. So I just want to say... Thank you so much for giving us a bite size of your experience. Um, I know there are people listening that can resonate and so many of us that will never know what it's like to even walk a day in your shoes. Um, but you are incredible. You are fierce. You are beautiful and powerful. I love you. You're just an amazing woman. Um, and your life is a testimony unfolding every day. So I have no doubt that God has you right where he needs you. Um, just coloring the, the color, you know, the book with um, all the right crayons. Um, so everyone, guys, as always, thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please rate, review, and share. And just so happy to um, have you with us. And thank you, Angelica, again. So everyone, see you soon. Now go get some sun. <laughs> Bye. I love you. Thank you. Mwah, love you.